Hey guys, welcome to Begging Boardcast, episode number 490. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out August 10th, 2022. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books we read in July of 2022. Yeah. Between Gambit number one, Ant-Man number one, and DC versus Vampires. All out war. Number one. Yeah. Those were comic books. They were all comic books. And and we're drinking some beers. And we are all drinking beers tonight. You, you can't you can't drink your comic books and you can't read your beers. Except you can bring you read the beer can. So John, what beer can are you reading? I am reading the beer can from Founders. And this is their Oktoberfest German style Marzen. Coming in at 6%, 20 IBUs, and this is a nice drinking beer. I had this one last year for the first time um, and enjoyed it, and I enjoy it now, too. It's it's nice. There's nothing too crazy about it. It's just a really nice drinking beer. Oh. 6% for a Marson. That sounds, that sounds high. It's about a. I feel like it's about a percent higher than it should mm-hmm. be, but it doesn't come off course, in the flavor. Of course, Great Lakes Oktoberfest is six and a half percent. Well, so. you know, they, they know us Americans. We want to get Rip Roy. Chris and Ford. Great Lakes Oktoberfest, pretty good too. Oh, jumping ahead, double, double fisting it, double fisting it. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, and I am drinking a and reading a beer from local brewery Sideward Brewing. This is their pineapple boots. This is their moon boots like IPA, but brewed with pineapple. Uh, sitting at a seven percent ABV. Uh, I didn't get to the brewery to have this. My girlfriend actually went to Sideward with her dad the other day because um, they were just looking for something to do, and she was like, "Oh well, let's go to one of Chris's favorite breweries." Um, nice. So she grabbed me this, and then she also got me the other beer I'll be having tonight. Um, I kind of gave you guys a little bit of a precursor to this the other night when I let you know I was drinking my first one of these. The hop profile and that pineapple are kind of jockeying for position right up at the front, mm-hmm. and there is no clear winner in this race, and they both just kind of ride off to the finish line together, ne- never really having a clear winner never really knowing it's, the way what song is that it's a great song that's uh um, so you see the road up ahead is wild and clear they, those aren't the lyrics at oh, all um <laughs> that's okay oh, i don't remember uh, paul doesn't paul doesn't know all he knows is it's not a taylor swift song so robots <laughs> um this isn't bad but it's definitely not one of my favorite beers from them um i'm looking forward to the sour i'll be having later this is fine though. This will be like a decent fridge filler because why why not Great, get home from work beer? But it's it's not what I wanted it to be. I was looking for just like really nice hazy with like a great pineapple punch to it. And doesn't deliver on either one of those, unfortunately. So bad. No, Polly, you got a beer tonight. Yeah, is it delivering? It, it's actually delivering on the Ruby Red that it's uh, promising, and this is Saranac Ruby Red Ale. 
This is uh, the last of the beers from the variety pack that I drank during the last show. I was going to say, this is a con- continuation, continuation from last week. Yeah. Uh, and is it as good as the Ruby Red Gulch from um, Genesee? Probably not, because that's easy to get and very affordable, especially with the rebate. Uh, this is, But this like scratches that same edge. It's got a good uh, grapefruity, but you know, not so overly tart, just a refreshing grapefruit flavor throughout it doesn't really taste all that much like a beer though uh no real big beer flavors is this was a like seltzer i wouldn't have been that surprised kind of finishes a little bit darker than like a seltzer would but still very light very refreshing uh decent like so far so from that variety pack i have to say that the blueberry uh, the blueberry was number one just because it was different Clouded IPA, Clouded Dreams IPA, or whatever it's called. Uh, then the Ruby Red, and then the last would be that Honey Pills, because the Honey Pills was just disappointing. There you go. Power ranking. I, it's, there we go. Thank you. You're welcome. Now we got news, guys. Let's get out to the news garden. Yeah, let's uh, start off with the sad news up the beginning. Um, we had two more actors uh, pass away. Uh, most notably, Nichelle Nichols, who you may know as Lieutenant Uhura from original Trek, uh, passed away at 89. And then Pat Carroll, the voice of Ursula from The Lower Maid, uh, passing away at 95. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I do know that... Um, I can't think of her name. You just said it. The woman who played Ahura... 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 Uh, Towards her later years, um, who's the guy that you hate that does the, he dresses up like the old granny? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry paid her a million dollars for three days for a movie because he knew that she was having problems so she'd be able to afford medical bills and wow. stuff like that. Like he He's a class act. I just I just don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he seems thought, like a I really thought, great person. It's just that you don't yeah. like the entertainment that he he produces. Yeah, but I've, have never, watched, like I've never watched any of his movies. But I don't know. I don't think I'd like them. I like. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen those. I've seen him play himself, like or not himself, but not dress up as an old lady and play a character in movies. Uh-huh. And he does do a very good job in those movies. Um. Gone Girl. He played the lawyer on that. He was really in, he was didn't he was see it. Good. Oh God! Ooh, you should see it. <sighs> Neil Patrick Harris gets his slot his throat slit and just gushes blood. Oh, does Medea do it? Because no. Okay, but L- Lieutenant Uhura, the the actress that broke down car- color barriers during the what sixties and seventies, was yeah. the first like uh, person of color that was not just the maid on a television show, but actually had responsibilities and was listened to also, as an equal uh, member of the crew. <laughs> first interracial kiss on yeah. television as well with Craig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broke that uh, inspired a lot of people, and it's it's sad that she's no longer with us. And Pat Carroll, who, if you didn't tell me, voiced... Uh, Ursula and the Little Mermaid, I wouldn't have known who she was. That, I mean, she has other credits before that, but yeah. again, that's not going to be what I know her from, because, you know, I'm a Disney kid. 
grew up watching those, loving them. Her voice is one of those like so distinct villain voices. Like you can probably hear it in your head right now. Like yeah. a couple years ago at one of the, I can't remember if it was like a D twenty three or if it was like a side convention. Someone actually gave her the haunted mansion like ghost host script and uh-huh. she read through it like with like the ursula voice and completely like knocked it out it's like man like i would i would go to the parks for that ride like it's it's fantastic you can watch the video of it on the youtube uh we won't dwell any longer but no yeah. let's get uh, on. another another unfortunate ending oh. uh after nine seasons the cw's flash though coming to an end yeah, I've fallen off just because I didn't have Netflix, and then I got Netflix, and then I don't have Netflix again. So I didn't actually watch season seven or eight, I think. Whatever, yeah. So I haven't seen season eight, and I kind of fell off when they were doing the multiverse, or the Crisis on Multiverse, or, or Infinite Earths, like, saga. That's when I just couldn't keep up with it, and for whatever reason, at that time, Batwoman was a part of that miniseries. The episodes weren't available on streaming, mm. like on the CW app. So that's when I'm like, uh, you know what? I just kind of didn't make time for that show anymore. I fell off a while ago, and it wasn't anything wrong with the show because I was watching Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. But it was right when I had actually moved down to Florida, and my TV watching kind of fell apart, and I always wanted to get back into it because I really did enjoy those shows, but it just never happened. And at that point, the back catalog had built up so much. It's the same thing as comic books. Like, mm-hmm. you stop reading a book for a minute, and you're like, oh, I'll pick it up eventually. And then down the road, you're like, oh, I've missed how many issues? Oh, well, I, I don't need to. That that can be like a dead, dead spot in my reading habit. Uh, Paul doesn't understand that. Yeah. He just jumped back on. You just jump back in. It's yeah, fine. Uh, it's a perfect jumping on point. This sounds like a good jumping on point. Yeah. But uh, what's surprising is Flash did outlive uh, Arrow, which was the <laughs> show that spawned it. Uh, and also, nine seasons in the time that we already had the Flash movie announced and yet to come out still. <laughs> yeah. Kind of bonkers. Very true. Very true. Uh, I'm glad it's wrapping up because I definitely feel like, um, it was just kind of canceled if it, if it, if it didn't, well, it was just kind of, you know, running in circles, running in circles. Exactly. I don't don't know. That was pretty good because, you know, even some of the seasons you're like, oh, he's fighting another speedster. And then the one season he doesn't fight a speedster. I was like, oh, this is actually any good. So (laughs) when he's fighting, it's a thinker. Mm. Yeah. No thoughts. Again, I, it's been six years since yeah. I've But I like the cast. I think yeah. everybody, you know, uh, Grant... I, I I thought Grant Guster was a great... Flash. I loved... Uh, I like the woman that plays Iris West. I think she's amazing. She's adorable. Candace Patton. Yeah, she's Candace great. Great as an Iris. You can, you know, understand, like, she has a has a certain, you know, just um, appeal to her that you're like, oh, yeah, I could see her being somebody's lightning rod, like somebody's grounding force without... You know, somebody that's grounding you, but also not like dragging you down. Like she's got that great balance. Like, um, 
than the people that they surrounded him with. Uh, the guy that was in, in Scrubs that plays that's basically the villain, but then comes back. Ted, he's the bro- He's his brother, yeah. right? And yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Kavanaugh or something. Or, yeah, Tom Kavanaugh. Tom Kavanaugh. Yeah, you know he's great in it. Uh, because Even he's like, a different character, like almost every season, which is, which is great. I don't know how long they kept them on because I know I you see the blurbs about like new episodes. Like I know, um, I, I can't remember her name, but Killer Frost, like mm-hmm. she's stuck around. I don't know if uh, Cisco is still on there. Yeah, I'm not sure either because I kept on thinking like every season was his last season, and then he would be there the next season. So, but also I haven't seen se- season maybe seven or is it just eight that I didn't catch. So I'm no, not I sure. think everything everything I saw on that show clicked and worked really well, and it it was a fun watch. So I'm glad they're kind of ending it when they want. It is a shorter season. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's sad to see it go. Uh, hopefully, DC has learned something from this and knows when to you know let things go on their own terms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or somebody buys it's- Warner Brothers. <laughs> and needs a tax. We're gonna off. we're gonna we're gonna seed this for a while, guys. Uh, something else that kind of was announced, and it had to have been announced before, but we didn't see it until the trailer came out. But coming on Amazon, Paper Girls. Uh, yeah, we read that book. I didn't keep up on it, so I don't yeah. have a lot of thoughts on this. I read I think I have I I had like at least like three or four trades worth. Um I stayed on it for quite a while. It, it was it was really good. It was lighthearted yet serious. Um I really liked it and I was surprised that I hadn't seen that it was coming out until the trailer came out and it's it's on Amazon right now, like yeah, I. It was one of those ones I was going to sit down with Caitlin and watch it because I got her to start reading it too. Because I was like, oh, it's the same guy that does Saga here. Uh, mm-hmm. Try this out. Uh, that's honestly the same thing I did for Yanni because the one day I was at the comic book store, they had a like one volume omnibus that had like all 30 issues of the series. And then I was like, oh, she loves Saga. Like, let me get this because it's a lot of fun. Um, but I just, I never. I never kept up on it and really enjoyed it. I mean, it's Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang, like that's dream team right there. And I remember really enjoying it. Just didn't, didn't fulfill my promise to, to keep reading it. Well, now you have, you have an omnibus in your house. I I can see it on the shelf. It's like literally right there. It's got to walk over there and get it on some rainy day where I don't have a bunch of other books to read, which do have a stack of comics on the shelf next to it to pick up. <laughs> oh, the pressure's real, and it's yeah. building. Much like the... Is that... Who's playing the older kid that's that they break into the house? Is that Ali Wong? It is Ali Wong, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, Kate really likes her stand-up. And we enjoyed uh, Always Be My Maybe that was on Netflix that she like, was the main star in with uh, Andy Parks. So... Yeah, if I get Amazon Prime again, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll watch it. Um, so recommended viewing. Uh, so if you like this, you also like this. Uh, Night Sky, which I never saw or heard of. Why the Last Man and Not Sliders. Good. Brian K. Oh, Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. Sliders, it makes sliders it makes is sense. great. Um, 
Yeah. It looks fun, though. I don't know. It seems... If you're a fan of Stranger Things, I think, check it out. Like, yeah, if you don't know, anything about, don't know anything about the book, like, yeah, check it out. That would be my recommended viewing. Um, something else I recommend watching, Disney Plus and or, we got a new trailer for it. Uh, confirmed 18 episodes. We're getting three episodes when the series debuts. Um, I'm excited for this. It's... I, I'm excited. I'm I'm like, ooh, three episodes, though. Ooh, all at once. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of me. I mean, you can still space them out. You don't have to watch them all at once. But then I'll, then I'll feel like I'm behind. You can, you can uh, space them out. Paul, you still haven't watched Miss Marvel. Yeah, because I'm behind. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the whole zeitgeist of Miss Marvel now. Like, it's, it's all over. Yeah. Like, everybody's done talking about it. The series no, I'll still talk about it. I loved it. We're going to talk about it for the podcast eventually once we uh, progress to that point. So yeah. oh, the conversation goes on and on. Yeah, no, uh, Kate and I are have been seriously talking about sitting down to start Miss Marvel because we have it is now happened. Uh, the the streaming game of chicken is now being played where we have now canceled Netflix and Amazon Prime uh, and Hulu. So we only have Disney Plus is the only streaming service that we have right now, and that's only because, you know, that Amazon, that uh, Disney Plus deal that we got. And Kate's like, "Well, how long do we have Disney Plus for?" And I'm like, "Either next year, November 11th, or this year, November 11th. I don't remember what three what constitutes the three years." Now, do you guys have reg- you guys pay for regular TV too? No, we have an antenna. So. It, when you when you're done paying for Disney Plus, you're just going to turn it off and just you, both of you just sit and stare at walls. Oh, like we got YouTube, and also we got books and video games and Lego sets and board games. There's also other. I mean, I think yeah. you can still get there's, Hulu. And, there's like the free version of it. There's other yeah. access. There's, there's tons of other uh, yeah. things that you can watch too. Yeah. It's it's a game of chicken, John. <laughs> yeah, but who's this for? Like, I just you, it, like it's like <laughs> who's it for? To me, it's uh, I like who's John, it for? It's I'm like gonna, not spending I'm the extra many... little money for a Ziploc bag and just put use the the tuck over bags. <laughs> tuck over bags, man. That's, that's who's, see, who's it for? Like, it's I'm gonna see how many times I can punch myself in the face before I get sick of doing it. <laughs> There's no winners in that game, Paul. Yeah, no, there isn't. I'm going to save a little bit of money because the only person because I'm the one that pays for the streaming services. So, and if she if, if you know my, my wife says, "Hey, I think we're spending too much money on this on the streaming stuff. We don't we well, don't watch say, it enough. We're not. I am. Yeah. I'm going to keep paying for it. We're not watching it enough to make it worth it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll cancel. We'll see. You know, and we'll see how far we go. You know, once the winter rolls around again, I'm sure we'll pick up. You know. Because honestly, I don't need Netflix every single month out of the year. Like, there's only a few series that I want to watch on Netflix, and that's Stranger Things and Sandman. Yeah, I don't like the Sandman comics. We just talked about this a couple of episodes ago. No, so, must, what, like, there's other stuff in there that like nailed it. Like, that's dumb fun. Like, yeah, 
That kind of but are like umbrella, blown away. Umbrella, the glass Academy. blowing. Uh, I've uh, I've actually watched that. Like <laughs> uh, me too. I love it. Okay. Yeah, season three just came out, guys. I, I, I haven't watched it, but I saw it was there. <laughs> um, who I, I like because of only uh, only murders in the building, and then like then we can have that the background noise television. Like then that's what the, we've been paying for is that just just have a streaming service so we have that background noise television show. That we just kind of turn on absentmindedly and have as we fall asleep. So, and we can do that with YouTube, tell you know stuff on YouTube, or just turning on the TV and just turning it to my TV Buffalo or whatever it is, you know, whatever random station just plays reruns of things, you know, and then gives us ads for catheters, you know. It's I guess they know that you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, old, that's old that's, people. It's old, old, old man McGowan over here. Targeted advertisements. <laughs> like nobody, nobody else has like antenna TV right now. Yep. Um, I think like, that's one of the stations is actually called Antenna TV. It's all just Lawrence Welk episodes. Um, <laughs> Perfect to fall asleep to. Anyone have anything else to talk about, or did we just get to the? Yeah, I think we the, get to the, the big bat. story. Yeah. I think I think we like the signal and uh, talk about and see and see who shows up. Spoilers: It's not going to be anybody. Okay, you don't need to remember because you know what? Warner Brothers doesn't remember they had a movie they wanted to uh, release onto uh, their streaming service HBO Max, and then they're like, "Hold up, we just got bought out by Discovery, and we're no longer going to put out that movie." <laughs> Never mind. Seven. Yeah, uh, Batgirl, completely canceled, tossed away, done with. Uh, movie was already filmed. It was in post-production. And Discovery, Warner Brothers is just like, no, we're, we're not putting it out anywhere. That's it. Bye. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of like sudden news. And then after this news came out, a bunch of people, like um, some Reddit users, put up things saying like, well, not only is this canceled, but all of these other direct to de- like direct to streaming movies have been taken off of HBO Max. Um, Seth Rogen's um, the one where oh the pickle, the pickle American yeah. pickle or whatever it is American yeah uh, that one was removed and a bunch of other ones were removed um, just overnight. No. Uh, Nothing that was like, hey, you, a lot of times you have like, these movies are leaving soon, and they have a list that you can click under and, and watch. And then another movie, I don't remember what it was, but it was supposed to be released July 27th, and never was released, and took taken off of like the list of movies to be released in July. So it seems like they have a agenda in our cleaning house on a bunch of stuff um the little ellen show based off of ellen DeGeneres, um season three was done and set to release and is no longer going to be released so it's like a lot of things just (laughs) thrown away so i understand if you know batgirl wasn't working like they wanted it to maybe they're trying to circle back to what they want the DC universe to be. You could make the arguments like, well, they've already invested in 
the movie, yeah, it might have gone over budget, but you already spent that money. Put it out there. Just have it be its own thing. But for something like American Pickle, where it's already filmed, edited, it's available. Like, you have it on there. There seems to be no reason to take that away because you, you're you not losing anything by it being there. It's not going to damage yeah. your brand or anything at all. And it was an original movie. Yeah, it, I saw it, like, I didn't watch it, but, like, when it popped up and I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cute. Like, that's a Seth Rogen movie I I would watch. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, no, I I haven't watched it. I watched it. it. It's there, like, well, not now, but it was something that I was like, oh, like, that's something, like, I would put on someday, like, if I'm just, like, sitting at home and, like, I don't have anything else I want to watch. Like, that would be something that I took note of, like, oh, I will watch this at some point. I watched it. It was fun. Yeah. It was a, it was it was a nice cute movie. Didn't didn't Peacock come out with their numbers since they didn't they lose like four hundred million dollars this quarter? Like I'm just wondering if we're seeing that the that Netflix has been losing uh, subscribers and their their profits are or their revenues are down. Peacock has yet to make money, and I think they've lost over a billion dollars now. Like I mean. It, it, I would, I would not be surprised if that was the case because there are Peacock exclusives, but mm-hmm. I don't watch those. Like I'm watching stuff on Peacock that's comfort viewing. This is kind of going back to what we were talking about, like pre-show, where I'll watch The Office because that's just something that I like to have on. I'm going back through and watching all of Modern Family right now, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, Peacock uh, lost four hundred and sixty-seven million dollars, and uh, their subscriptions are just stuck at thirteen million. Like, and they thought they would keep on gaining subscribers. Uh, well, HBO Max. Okay. Like with Peacock is like it's what it's, it's universal, yeah. Right. So instead of like releasing movies in theaters, they were releasing them on there. But also, like, it wasn't like you have to be a subscriber to watch it. You could just, like, rent it from them. Like, you could pay the money just to watch it. So it's like, why why not just put Halloween in the theaters? Why not put Firestarter, the Stephen King movie that you paid Stephen King to make a movie, and hire I... High School Musical star, what's his name, your, lo- your love, Chris? Zac Efron. Don't pretend you didn't know his name. <laughs> I um, couldn't think of his but name. See, I think that's the kind of stuff that Peacock was counting on people to subscribe for. Like for me, it's because they took the office off of Netflix. That's again my my comfort viewing. Like watching the office is like a bowl of tomato soup with a grilled cheese sandwich for me. Like it's just something I put on and it doesn't matter what's going on because I can just get engaged in those stories I've watched, heard, seen time and time again. Peacock's only five bucks a month. Like, it's not something that I'm lamenting spending that money. Like, it's cheap enough that it flies under the radar of it being an expense that I have to worry about because I spend more money on stuff that I think is dumb and don't enjoy doing every single month. Like paying the water bill, am I right, guys? No, um, four four ninety nine a month. That's fine. Like that's me not buying a gas station breakfast sandwich some morning when I was too lazy to 
grab something from home. Like, oh, don't worry. In our next section, we're going to be talking about things that are four ninety nine. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> that's that. But that's the thing. Like four ninety nine a month for a crummy comic book that I'm going to read one time, talk about it with my friends, or four ninety nine a month for stuff that you know we sit down and like watch while we're like unwinding for the day. Like, but I think that's the thing with. HBO Max, it's the streaming service like uh, environment is, is so cutthroat right now that they can't afford and now that Discovery is coming in and saying, hey Warner Brothers, HBO you guys gotta get your spending under control. We're, we're Discovery. We have eight shows all filmed together and they're all the same shows that we just call it a different name. We got flopping and flipping. We got flip or flop. We got flipping while flopping. We got we got it all, and it's the same show over and over again. And we and we it, and people pay us to, to to make these television shows. We got ad sponsorships. We got product placement. Don't even get us started on Shark Week. <laughs> oh, Shark Week! But you, I think you know I, how much the marketing in. teams from Sharks pay us for Shark Week. They love just, it. But think back just to like a couple years ago, once everything was ramping up with the pandemic, Warner Brothers came out and was like, hey, you know what? Everything going direct to HBO Max. You want to see these movies? You got to subscribe. And bold choice. But now I think we're seeing the ramifications of that where someone else has stepped in and been like, no, that's dumb. Like we want the, the box office now. Like we're back to the theaters and everything being open as normal. Like they want those billion dollar box offices coming back in from these movies and they can look at something like Dune where it came out in theaters and then two weeks later was available on streaming saying like, well, how much more money could we have made if people had to go to the theater to see this instead of just, "Eh, I'll wait, I'll check it out. I didn't go see Lightyear. I really wanted to, but by the time I had the free time, I was like, well, I'm going to go see Thor because that's more relevant to what my interests are. And they've already announced the release date for Lightyear on Disney Plus. Like, I can wait another month and see it then. Isn't it on now? I, I don't know if no, it's, it's on still now. Coming but... soon. The thing that's on now they is just the had a... behind the scenes thing. Um, but that, but well, all that being said, back to back to back. No, it's on... Back to back. It's girl. on there right now. Back to back. Right um, oh. It seems weird to just completely cut all ties with this movie that, you know, mixed words coming out about it. Like, apparently everybody working on it was super hyped and jazzed for it. Test screenings, eh, maybe from like some of the reports, but they've put out worse stuff probably. Right. And but it's going into post production. Which sometimes balloons these, like, that's where the budget is spent. (laughs) Like, and all the effects and post-production work. Like, this was budgeted for $75 million. It is already at $90 million. And then it still has to go through post-production. Like, at what point do you just say... Let's let's just not finish it and take it as a tax write-off. We're we're just going to be like, nope. As part of the merger, this was a loss. We're going to just take it as a loss. Now, now HBO Max, what we're buying you for is worth ninety million dollars less. 
Yeah, but even if, if you put if you put another say you put another twenty million in there to finish the special effects, mm-hmm. and then just put that out into theaters, you could possibly make your money. You, you know, one hundred and twenty million dollars, one hundred and ten million dollars for a movie, you might be able to recoup that money. So, just looking into it, Morbius had a budget of seventy five million. It earned one hundred sixty three million worldwide. And Morbius is touted as just like a, a bad movie. Not so bad, you gotta go see it. So it's how, just, how much again? Uh seventy five million dollar budget right. made one hundred and sixty three million. One hundred and sixty three. The studio doesn't I, get all that money. They they don't get, but at the same I'd time like to, I think Batgirl probably could have done a comparable amount. I think the DC fans Especially because they were going to have Michael Keaton back in this one in the mentor role. Like, that was something that they were like, oh, like, Keaton's back, baby. That was a big thing. Uh, Brendan Fraser has that weird internet love. No, it's not weird. It's sincere. Like, he's... No, no, I know. It is sincere, but it is, like, there's this extra, like, bubble around that. And, like, one of the articles I read today when we were going to be talking about this was, like, fan outrage... Over not getting the, this Brendan Fraser role, right? Uh, a Firefly. Uh, so we need and, heroes, <laughs> and especially like they they put out um, they put out a thing online during the filming of the movie. He had his birthday, and all of a sudden, everybody like the set goes quiet. He says like action. Nobody says their line, and then somebody walks out with the cake, and they start singing "Happy Birthday" to Brendan Fraser, and you see him like wiping a tear away and be like, "Is this you did you did you know like?" And everybody's like, "Brendan Fraser, we love you!" Like, yeah. So sorry, that was me. I didn't realize I got caught on on camera <laughs> for it. Uh, it's just, but it's just like there's there's definitely this movie. If you put it out, I think could make. Money. Uh, Batman Forever had a hundred million dollar budget, and people still watch and talk about that movie. But also, it had going into it money coming in from Burger King and McDonald's and the toy things. There mm-hmm. is there that support for Batgirl out there right now? Like, did we, they have but this we don't, already? We don't know now, though. Like, that's something that we can't know how this would be because we haven't had a Batgirl movie before. Like, Well, the, all those things would have been in the works before the movie's released. Like, that's Wonder Woman 1984 had Doritos we, coming out before we the have movie got any, pushed back. Do we have, like, Flash Doritos or, like, Flash Mountain Dew out? Like, that movie's coming out in, like, a couple months and, like, we haven't seen any of that yeah. stuff yet, too, though. I mean... Because probably... PepsiCo and Coca-Cola were like, we don't want to touch that movie with yeah. a 10-foot pole. But... Right. I, the the other thing too is HBO's model is bizarre. Mm-hmm. So you can join up and get the app, pay for the app, mm-hmm. but they also give you the app for free if you're an HBO subscriber. So you there's probably you know you're paying for for your TV and then you're getting this extra for free and there's more stuff on Max. <laughs> That are that you can't get on the regular HBO thing. You know they have they have Impractical Jokers that are on a different streaming thing. They have Fresh Prince of Bel Air and all these other things that they they have 
you know, that are on the app that you can't get for just being an HBO subscriber. So it's bizarre that they give all this away mm-hmm. with a small subscription fee over here, but you can also get it all with a subscription fee. I, it, I It's a weird model. Yeah. I'm not sure I, I, what... I, I, I kind of understand what you're describing, but I don't so get if, it. So if Paul... All right, all right Paul. Yes. If you have cable... Yes. And you pay... For to have HBO, HBO on your TV. Yeah, the extra feed for HBO. Okay, gotcha. Following. You get HBO Max, mm-hmm. the app. Included. Included. Okay. So once you have that app, you are getting more mm-hmm. than what your nor- you know your normal HBO subscription gives you. Okay. So if you have you have only the movies that are on HBO mm-hmm. with HBO. Right, because and it's their t- live and their TV and I'm watching and their TV game. shows. Yeah. Now you get the app and you have Showtime shows. Mm-hmm. You have like the other st- stations that they own, which is like True TV. Okay, a huge a huge list of a huge, other a bigger of, catalog that's yeah. on the app you, than versus have, just on the, the and, the, and, and the HBO tra- traditional television broadcast. HBO, okay. Yeah. So, but then you can also pay twelve bucks or whatever it is for the HBO uh, Max app. I just looked at it. it's nine ninety nine for HBO Max with with ads or fourteen ninety nine for it without ads. Yeah. So, what are you paying for? Like, where are they? I just don't know why. Like, when you add it onto your cable subscription, yeah, if you can just why buy you, the Mac, because some people still like having. That just it being on their TV and they don't own it. So but I, you can, I don't know. You can download the app onto your smart TV. TV. Yes. To add HBO to your satellite or cable TV is an additional cost of five to twenty dollars a month, depending on your cable. They're not. So I can understand, but like, depending like on who your carrier is, like it might be more beneficial just to get that app instead of spending that extra twenty dollars. But yeah. At that point, then, too, you're also spending money for cable, so them to tack on at $5 might seem like, oh, this isn't that bad, but... If I was a suit working for HBO, and I said, oh, we have this new screen, streaming service out, uh, the big deal thing is, is you want to show, especially if there's going to be ad, it's ad-supported, we want to show that we have a huge subscription base. Huge subscription base. Well, how do we get that? Well, we already got X a millions of subscribers to regular HBO. They all get it for free. Now they're listed as subscribers to the app. That now I can go to my advertisers, you know, for nine ninety nine a month. That you know the people that are paying nine ninety nine a month and be like, look, you get all these eyeballs, all these ten. You know, it's a way to juice your numbers to give it away for free if you pay for if you have it on your. And those people are never going to download the app, more than likely, because they're. They're, they got HBO because they got it back in the 90s because that's home box office television. And they've never da- changed like, their subscription. My dad pays for HBO, and I think uh-huh. he pays very minimal right. for HBO. Uh-huh. But he uses the app. Good for him. So he's he's getting it for, like, I, maybe that five bucks. They, so it, it's I just think it's a bizarre 
model on how they're do how they're doing. If you're a universal because also pass holder, you get Peacock for free now. Well, that's that's something that they uh, sent out surveys about because I actually took it. Oh, okay. um, and it's not pass holder. It was a if you're buying a universal ticket, they were thinking like adding on like an additional charge, and for that additional charge, you would have access to Peacock, and then you get to go to the Universal VIP lounge for like Ooh. free snacks, which would be like bags of chips and like soda pops. Um, so it's not live, but that's something that they were. Looking into, but it was like an extra like forty dollar charge. And when I was taking the survey, I was like, "No, I, I'm a pass holder first of all, so I'm not like the target audience for this because I'm not buying a one day ticket. But if I was buying a one day ticket to your theme park for like a hundred dollars at least, yeah. I'm not thinking about adding on another forty for something that I could get for five dollars when I'm at home. Like at home, like I'm already thinking about all the other money I'm going to be spending in your theme park." To eat, drink, souvenirs. $40 for a $5 value isn't what I'm into. Yeah. See, it's people, are looking to, people are looking to juice their subscription numbers. That's all I'm saying. They're looking. But I think that also could be the thing like, oh, well, you get them signed up for it. And they just like, oh, mm-hmm. we, we like this. There's things here we'll watch. And we'll never cancel because when we cancel it, our friends tell us, why are we canceling? <laughs> There's so much stuff to watch. It, the only thing I can think back is... Not bad, girl. Discovery, Discovery is that. just like, hey, we're trying to circle back, protect the brand. We're only going to do stuff that is going to matter and is going to be relevant. Like, they want to combat the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, rightfully so. Like, if DC had stuck to their guns and just tried to, like, fix their problems instead of hitting, like, the reboot button after anything that didn't work. If they had just tried to like learn from it and change things and adapt, we would probably be a lot further into the DC cinematic universe right now. Like who knows what we would have had that could have been really cool, but Warner brothers is just kind of fumbling the ball left and right. And it's just not working out for them. And I think discovery is like, no, we, we know this money sitting out there on the table we got to do it right. And if Batgirl wasn't showing what it needed to be, maybe it's worth it to take that 90 million tax write off for it. But I, I don't know if it could be that bad that you just say like, cause how much money did they give to Zack Snyder to do the, the Snyder cut? More than what this would be. Yeah. I, I, but that I was know, before discovery came in. It. It's like, wake up, you clowns. That's true. Like, because they did, um, I'm, I'm I'm really curious about that now. Justice League. I think it was originally like 75, and then it went up to like 100 something. So Justice League had a budget of 300 million dollars. So Justice League. So we're talking about Snyder. The cost of just post production here for the Snyder cut. They they gave, there was no reshoots. They gave an additional 70 million to Snyder cut. Because they did shoot some additional stuff for oh, it. Oh, they did do additional and, okay. yeah. But the stuff they shot extra was didn't even need to be done. And some of it he did in his yeah, it was, bribery. It was additional stuff that they filmed just to like get someone like turning around to look at like the camera. But again, you know, three hundred and seventy million for this movie that you know, 
people were clamoring for, which we didn't talk about, but apparently it was all bots. <laughs> for uh, Yeah, I did see a lot of we that. We didn't talk about that because I don't care about Justice League at all. I didn't care about it when it was coming out, but that could be other stuff that they're taking into Have account. Have you seen like, it yet? No. I don't. I really do not care. Have you seen the first Aquaman yet? Because I haven't no, seen that one. No, yet I either. I care about that one a little bit more, but not enough. Aquaman's fun. Aquaman's worth a watch. Oh, maybe maybe that one's been stricken from HBO Max too. Who knows? I don't. I just know I'm drinking a beer, guys. And I'm drinking Elicat Bill Strawberry Crunch Bar Cream Ale, and boy, it delivers on that Strawberry Crunch Bar flavor. It's got like a like a biscuitiness to it. And that strawberry, it tastes like the the outside pebbles. The, like yeah, like the crunchy yeah, bits. The crunchy bits. You know, six percent alcohol by volume. Uh Bills, blueberry wheat. You know, it delivers on that blueberry flavor. The strawberry crunch bar, it delivers on the strawberry and the crunchy bits flavor. <clears throat> Whatever kind of weird science that they're doing to get that in here. This is the first cream ale that I've actually like really enjoyed and I'm like, hey, this is actually working. Um, so cheers to that. This is this is nice. Enjoyable. A great summertime treat. John, what are you drinking? I'm drinking from Victory Brewing. This is their Fest Beer Marzen style lager coming at 5.6%. And this beer is delicious. There is a roastiness in Ooh. here. Um which is kind of reminiscent of like a brown ale, but it's just a nice drinking Marzen. I'm almost done with this beer. I got this in a create your own six pack, and I like, man, I wish I had a six pack because I would love sitting around drinking that. But guess what, guys? I can. It is just the beginning of Oktoberfest season, and I plan on drinking a lot of this because this is. Good. I'm just hoping I can find the Founders one down here this year because I couldn't find it last year, and I'm I'm sure it will be available. I just don't know when. So, bizarrely, last year, the Oktoberfest was 15 packs. It's now 12 packs, and I think there's got to be a pricing issue because it's a 12-pack for $19.99. Last year, it was a... 15 pack for 17.99. So, I don't know if my company screwed up somewhere and we're uh, overpricing right now, but um yeah, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Um I'm more looking forward to they have an imperial barrel-aged Oktoberfest coming out. Uh so I'm looking forward to trying that beer. Victory. Uh, but Chris, what are you drinking, my uh, friend? My next beer also from Sideward Brewing, and this is their Fruit Snorkel. Uh, this is done in collaboration with Je- uh, Jeremiah's Italian Ice, which is a chain of Italian ice like stands. They're predominantly located in the South, but they're like almost all in Florida. But this is a gelati sour with mango, banana, coconut, passion fruit, pineapple, and vanilla ice cream. And unlike the pineapple boots where everything was kind of fighting for dominance on that first sip, you also have all of those flavors coming in when you take a sip of this one. 
but it's not like a cacophony. Like they're all there, and like you're trying to like pick them up. You're like, ooh, that's a coconut. It's like, oh, but now I'm getting like that, like tropical. Like that's the passion And then like, oh, it's soothing out into like that vanilla. And like, oh, is that banana? It's really weird, but it's good in like a nice summer way. Um, if this was available as like a beer slushy, I think I would absolutely love it. Um, Ellipsis does some stuff like that. And I think this would be a prime candidate for it. And I'm actually drinking it out of a fruit snorkel glass because the one time we went to Sideward, uh, Yanni saw this glass available for purchase and she thought the little frog guy was cute. So she bought it and he's also on the can for this version as well. Ah. Um, it's pretty good. She had it at the brewery. She did not care for it, but she knew it was something that I wanted to try, so she picked me up a four-pack of it. I like this a lot more than the pineapple boots. I, I'm glad to drink the next three that are in there. Just, nice. It's really weird. But good. Paul, what you got? Talked about it. Paul already did his beer. Oh, wait, but John, what do you don't, got? Why don't... Why don't we hear what Paul has to say about his book that he's picking up August 10th? I was Paul, what, what beer are you drinking? I, I'm drinking that. We talked about it. Remember the crunchy bits? Oh, that's right. John, yeah, yeah. you're drinking the... Oktoberfest. Okay, I... From Victory. I remember Paul talking about his beer, but I don't remember he talked about his beer. And then yeah. I started looking up the founder's Oktoberfest. It's not available here yet. Guys, I'm lost. It's okay. You know who would take you under his wing and let you know everything's going to be okay? But only if you're, uh, like, a teenage girl? Wolverine. <laughs> you know, Jubilee. Uh, I thought Gambit. <laughs> also Gambit, apparently, now. Uh, Kitty Pride. And now uh, Miss Marvel in Wolverine. And Miss Marvel in Wolverine number one. That's right, uh... Ms. Marvel's checking out a weird threat that lands in New York City, but with Croatian tech, or Krakoan tech, that is uh, uh, close behind, uh, you can bet that Wolverine and the X-Men... Was that a dig? Because I kept saying... No. You got me... You got into my head. <laughs> Krakoan. Yeah, but you're reading it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it, and I want Croatian, nope, Krakoan. Why would I read it like that? John, and then you called it out. But it's not like I said it this week. It's been a like a, like a week and a half. Yep, but now it's in there as that's how you say it. Uh, yeah, Wolverine shows up, and now it's Ms. Marvel and Wolverine teaming up to uh, figure out this weird threat. An oversized book, thirty six pages at four ninety nine. Uh, I'm excited to see more Ms. Marvel. I I like that this is going to be like a they're doing the same thing with uh, Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur, um, where it's just these one-shot team-up books with these two characters. So Ms. Marvel, in the very next episode, is going to be Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight number one. And I'm guessing that Venom plays a part in it somehow, just because he's on the cover. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to like... I like team-up books, so let's do it. If it's as good as... Uh, Superman, Batman, World's Finest. Uh, that, that book's fantastic. I, so good. I adore Is it. it written by Mark Wade? No, it's written by Jody oh. Hauser. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be, it could be good. 
another book that could be good is my pick of Ghost Rider Vengeance for All, number one. Johnny Blaze is now the holder of the Spirit of Vengeance again. And uh, he goes to see a... Uh, he goes to see, like, a fortune teller who tells your fortune in tattoos. He tattoos your fortune kind of uh, on your body or your seer of what you're missing or something. And uh, this is going to unlock lost history of the Ghost Rider. And it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be kind of the legacy of lost stories or like a greatest hits for Ghost Rider. Mm -hmm. And that could be fun. Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, Let's check out that first issue. The cover for the first issue is pretty cool That's looking, cool. too. It, but I will uh, say, if they don't have an homage to Nick Cage in here, it's not a greatest hits. <laughs> uh, but it... The cover is what caught me. The, the premise was like, okay, this could be good. Uh, so I'm gonna check that out. Chris, you got a pick? Um, I got a pick. It's a really light week for me. I poured through the solicitations list looking for something else maybe to talk about something more exciting or intriguing but I really couldn't find anything so my pick's just going to be Batgirls number 9 uh, written by Becky Cloonan uh, art by uh, who's Jorge Corona I mean he's doing the cover but there's not an actual interior artist listed so let's go with him because he had done some of the previous issues as well um, the first big arc is finished so now it's the Batgirls just getting back to some good old down-home detective work, trying to solve the mystery of the Hill Ripper, uh, a murderer that's stalking um, their local streets. I'm really enjoying this book. I thought it was going to be a limited series. Uh, originally, when it was solicited, I remember seeing like issues like one of six or like one of eight on it. I'm glad it's still going because I, I love me some Cassandra Cain and some Stephanie Brown. Um, I feel like I'm getting a lot of really good back roll right now, like Barbara Gordon between this and Nightwing as well. So, yeah, I I have no issues with this actually being on my physical pull list because we've talked about it the past couple weeks. Uh, I actually go to a physical comic book brick-and-mortar store, and this is uh, one of my, my get-you-gotcha-got-it books now. And you know what else I like to always pick up? A dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from DC vs. Vampires, All Out War, number one, page 13, panel five. I'm Mary. Nice to meet you. Ow! We were just going to talk to the sun. Want to come? I... Sure. That was a dramatic reading from DC vs. Vampires, All Out War. Number one, page 13, panel five. And Paul, if people want to see that panel, what can they do? Oh, they can follow us over at the Instagram at Magnum Boardcast. Is it yeah. at Magnum Boardcast? Yeah, it's, at, it's at Magnum Board. Oh, at Magnum Board. But it's there. Go it's there, it, guys. Okay, when you see the panel, you'll know you found the right spot. That's, and, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how it works. Um. um are we are we ready to just get into our main topic or do we have any so. other beers like we want to like t- 
to dance around before we get to it? I think we get another beer like after we uh, get through some books. And oh. guys, I'm excited to talk about. We'll finish with uh, with what we just teased, right? Okay, yeah. We'll start with John we'll start F. with my book. We'll go in alphabetical order, except never mind about D. Yeah. <laughs> DC Comics vs. Vampires. Uh, we're going to go with Ant Man number one, uh, written by Al Ewing, uh, art by Tom Riley. Riley. Uh, and this is the astonishing Ant-Man and the Wonderful Wasp in Alone Against the Antagonists. Uh, guys, this is like, like when I was reading this, I'm like, you guys, I'm thinking about putting this on the look back. But are you cool with reading like a 60s throwback like comic? Like it's just straight up throwy, as throwy throwback as possible, except for the stinger at front. And the uh, stinger, or what is it? The cold open in front and the stinger in the back. Like, it is just, it feels like they've just reprinted something out of the 70s. But it works so well. Like, I enjoyed it because it it's just kind of playing up that old school comic thing. But it's moving at a clip still. Yeah, it's... It's definitely done in the style of the time. And when this miniseries was teased, because it's going to be four issues, each of the covers is a different iteration of the Ant-Man on the cover. So safe to assume we're going to be getting standalone stories of those Ant-Mans that are going to like weave through to the fourth and final one, which seems to be the Ant-Man of the future. Um, but when you get to that first page of the Hank Pym story and it's his arch villains crowded around him. And it's a guy with a trumpet and a guy with like a Windex bottle. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it was at that point that I was like, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, because it's like you said, Paul, like this is like a throwback story. And like, it starts off with the main villain just being like a kid throwing popcorn, popcorn at him. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm all out of popcorn. I gotta go reload. And like, they're watching like a Fantastic Four movie so Hank Pym can learn the secrets about how like uh, Mr. Fantastic. Richard like, stretches. It's, mm-hmm. it's stupid, but it's fun in that it knows what it is way and everything that you're seeing is having fun with the storytelling at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the, the, the two art contrasts worked really well. Um, I love the stuff, the art for the, the 60s. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's phenomenal. Well, because it's, um, it's definitely within that, like, Chris Samney, like, um, yeah. Francovilla, like, uh, yeah, style. A daredevil artist. Oh my gosh, Paulo Rivera. Like, it's in that kind of, like, Mm-hmm. retro like near retro style like everything's so expressive but still yeah. stark and clean darwin cook but yeah it, well more detail more comic booky than all those though because you don't get the block fingers you get all you know you get more uh it's not overly it's not this heavy lined there's that you know there isn't cross hatching but there is that kind of like Almost cross hatching on it. When I think Darwin yeah, it's, Cook, it's I think. Sim- 
simplistic in it. And it's, we're making him look old. We're not going to go, we're just going to give him a couple lines on the yeah. side and a couple wrinkles. We're not yeah. going to do heavy, heavy detail. Um, yeah, no, and it's great. And then, you know, that the future, the future art, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that Fraser Irving flat um, color. Jody um, Bolero color. Uh, no, I think this book works great. I had a lot of, a lot of fun with it. Um. I I wish I'd read this before Gambit. (laughs) That's why why I was asking, like, if we could talk about them together. Because this Ant-Man has a lot of fun in it. And there's editor's notes that speak back to, like, Mm -hmm. Tales to Astonish number 43 that came out in the 60s. So, yes, this is continuing on that story. I I literally laughed at the point that... um, Janet's still sitting there in the movie theater alone after, like, (laughs) fought a dude in the lobby and then gotten kidnapped. And she's like, oh, I wonder where he is. This is taking me. And then the ants spell out help, but they spell it wrong. And then she's like, oh, English isn't their first language. I I get the gist of it. And she flies off to save him. I had a lot of fun with this book. So, Paul, I understand your hesitation to bring this table to the table just because uh-huh. of what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like a weird kind of niche book. But even something like, John, a couple months ago when you brought Human Target, like, I think this is kind of in that same vein where it's an updated take on old school storytelling, and it does it really well. Um, and this is kind of one of those books years ago, I think even before you, like, moved away, Chris, that we were falling in love with mm-hmm. with Marvel, you know, it was the Daredevil book. Um, I can't think of the other books that we were reading. Like, even like, like Howard the Duck book. Like Hawkeye, like Iron Fist, like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like it all was like we were loving all of it. Even um, the, the the Spider-Woman book. Like, yeah. we were really enjoying that. So this is something that I just feel like this is totally in our wheelhouse of books that we, we love. <laughs> so I was like... One, I was planning on picking this book up anyways. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I thought this book was great. Did you love uh, the Scott Lang cameo? Where was Scott? Uh, he's the thief. He's, that's yeah, he's the guy that's in. in the window. Oh, is he the thief? Yeah, he says, that tears it, Mr. Scott Lang. I'm moving back to Florida. I did, You know what? I must have just kind of skimmed past. Yeah, uh, Janet like, gives him a kiss on the nose. Like, yeah. yeah. He opens the, the window for her. Um, I think Ant-Man is a perfect way to tell an old school story with that modern sensibility. Like, it's all kind of like winking, like an elbow nudge. Like, yeah. hey, like, you know, we're, we're dipping back into the well, but we know we're doing it. We're doing it with love and attention. And also coming out from Marvel, we uh, have... Can I just say one thing yes. about those editor notes? You can say editors. a lot about those editor notes if you want, it, it made me feel like I picked this off, like, from a weird, like, old stack, in a, an old long box out of a com- out of an old comic book shop, and it just... Like, and they did the colors right, too, where it looks all a little bit yellowed and aged. Like, all the colors are very muted, but even the gutters are yellowed, like... And I'm reading it digitally, but I think with the editor notes and the coloring, it just makes it feel like it came out of a long box, and I really enjoyed it because of that. And you know what? And guess what, guys? 
I know it says issue one, but that story that Scott Lang's going out for popcorn, uh, going to a movie theater, that feels like it could have been issue 793. <laughs> and still, <laughs> still a perfect jumping on point. It, per- perfect jumping on yeah. point. Um, yeah. Something else that is also a number one, uh, an updated take on an old school story is Gambit number one, written by Chris Claremont, art by Sid Cotian. And this is like a lost chapter from the 90s where Storm Aurora Monroe has been de-aged by the Shadow King. And she's palling around with Gambit. Um, she's lost her memories. She's lost control of her powers. But he's kind of showing her the ropes of what it means to be a thief again for some reason. I don't know why this was the choice that they made. Um, but like I was kind of leading into it, this is not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is doing it with love. This is still Chris Claremont telling stories and writing books like he used to in the 90s without having changed or adapted anything. And there's a lot of inconsistencies between the artwork, too, which kind of are distracting. Um, I did not like this book, but I thought it was still worth talking about, especially having read something like Ant-Man that this should have been the same kind of book. And like I said at the beginning, one works, one doesn't. And this is definitely the version of it that does not. It, it doesn't. Uh, there is, like, I read about half this book and was just like, I gotta go back up front and reread that, like, read the blurb, because I don't understand where this book takes place in. I start reading it, Gambit's walking around in his X-Men costume with a child storm, so I'm like, is this supposed to be in the 90s? Is this currently did i miss something is storm now a child then i go reread that blurb and then i'm still like this doesn't tell me when it's supposed to take place did the nanny and the orphan maker is that something that just happened like i had the exact same response like midway through reading the book and then i googled it and found out that this was something that happened back in the 90s. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, now it makes sense why they're continuing to tell this story now. But they're, they're like, the dress is that fair, like, except for this one, like, the, I, it's just, it's mind boggling. That this book was still this that this book was made. I don't know who it was for. And if you're reading it as someone who's like a Gambit fan, me, me? I feel like you. Me? Yes. Okay. Me. Me. Uh, I t- I have a friend of mine who named his son that was just born Remy. He says oh, I named him after the X Men character. <laughs> I told him this book, uh, oh, there's a Gambit book that just came out. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, oh, maybe if you're going to the shop, you can pick me it up. I'm not no, buying this for it. him. <laughs> like, I was like, ooh, this is awful. And this is a character, like, 
when I think Chris Claremont, I think 80s X-Men. Mm-hmm. And this is like him trying to write 90s X-Men in 2020. Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense that this book is even coming out. Yeah. Like, until Chris, he'd said that, oh, yeah, this is a or a storm that's been de-aged. I'm like, oh, oh, let me read that blurb that I totally skipped over right here in purple with the, you know, on the cover page saying Gambit. Um, I, I thought this was like weird, like, no, no, no. This is like a a new version of storm that we're redoing storm. It's Cairo, Illinois. Hey, we're, we're being cheeky. She, she gets, instead of being picked up by Charles Xavier in Cairo, you know, Cairo, 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 she, she gets picked up by Gambit. And what would happen? What kind of hijinks would ensue? Uh, if, if she's found by Gambit instead of, uh, Professor Xavier. And, you know, and it's still the same thing. She's still, like, on the run from the Shadow King, much like her or- actual origin story or her original origin story. So I kind of went with it. And I don't know. I don't... And then, you know, uh, Sybil or S- uh, Sable? Sabine? Oh, Sabine? Mm-hmm. I should remember that because that's a Rebels character. Yeah, that's, I thought they'd say the same thing. <laughs> Uh, shows up and is, and then I was trying to remember from the 90s comics or from the 90s cartoon. Is she the one that Gambit used to run with? And then, like, and then she has that ring that, like, hurts him because he promised to marry her. And he, I, didn't. That, I think that was someone else because that was someone else from okay. the Thieves Guild. And this is, like, someone from something. I, I haven't read that miniseries since, like, 1994 when it came out, though. So I could be wrong. But also worth mentioning, too. This book is called Gambit Number One, and yeah. he's just kind of there in the background while Little Skateboarding Storm is, yeah, like the main focus. But it's it's not Little Thor and friends or Little Storm and friends. It's it's Gambit, and it's not a Gambit book. Um, I, I what do you mean, Mona Me? I still don't understand. Like, she has this, like, thing that she's whispering in the Shadow King's ear that she's going to make him, like, make him an embarrassment in front of the world. And then all of a sudden he gets a pie in the face, and that's... Did she send the pie in the face? Like, what happened? No, she she used her thieving skills to sneak up behind him. And And whisper in his ears and then throw a a pie pie at him. him. Yeah. My wife comes up behind me and she's like, are you over here speaking French? I'm like, I'm Gambit, bitch! (laughs) Gambit. But it's, it looks like next time Gambit's going to be like they're doing another team up. It's Gambit. He's going to be teamed up with uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Leela uh, Chene. Chene. The I, the international uh, uh, intergalactic heartthrob uh, singer. Yeah, that was another thing. That, what? It's, it's a lot of deep did cuts. he did he ask did he ask what X Men doing up there? <laughs> what X Men doing out there? My my thing is is this like like you said, Chris. This isn't this this is Chris Claremont doing Chris Claremont in a Gambit book. Like, of course he's gonna have Storm in it. The dude loves Storm. Weird space stuff. Like, okay, Gambit's gonna help Child. 
Child Storm fight the Shadow King. Okay. <clears throat> Weird pie in the face to upset him. And then he's like aggressively like, don't get cocky, Sherry. This book is just. The more I think about it, the more I hate this book. No, like, and I like when I finished it, I was just like, okay, this is a thing that I read. Mm-hmm. And now, really having to go through it and dissect it and talk to you guys about it, I fucking hate this book. It's it's not good it's, and. This book's not made for anybody but Chris Claremont, I think, because I should be nostalgic for this version of X-Men. Like, I grew up reading X-Men in the 90s. Like, one of the very first comic books I bought was the Chris Claremont Jim Lee X-Men number one. Like, and then I got all the four covers for it because I was like, I gotta get X-Men number ones. Like, I talked my aunt into buying me the same book, like, four times over. <laughs> and I, I, again, I love me some Gambit, and I was excited for this book, but I went in hesitantly, knowing that it was Chris Claremont. But we haven't read anything by him in years, so I was like, okay, like benefit of a doubt. It's, but it just still doesn't work. And I think it's better that this book does take place in the past, where it's kind of locked into that continuity instead of having it be something that's trying to take place now. Because I don't think this book would work with the current X Men universe. I mean, X Men's wild, so who knows? I could be wrong, but I. By the time I got to like the one, two, three, four, five, the sixth page, where it's like the word balloon salad where they're just talking about her accent, where she's from, why she remembers things, why she doesn't remember things. I'm like, I hope this is the book and the page that Paul picks because then he would have to read this for the look back. But alas, it did not happen. Um, Yeah. Poor, poor showing. And the whole reason I want to talk about this is because Ant-Man was so good. Like, if Ant-Man had been a comparable book, I probably would have tried to pick something different. I would have called an audible and like picked a different title for us to discuss, but Ant-Man's how you do it. And I'm eagerly awaiting the next couple issues. And if you don't buy them, Paul, like I'm still going to like, even if we're not talking about it for anything, because I really enjoy what they did with that. And, and I bought issue one. Like, a lot of times they'd be like, oh, if Chris, if Chris or Paul keep buying it, I'll do it because they bought issue one. And I don't want to go and buy issue one and two. I've already bought issue one. I'm I'm already – I've already paid my money for it. You know, like, I'm invested. I'm looking at in that – to keep continuing to read this. I'm looking at that panel, Chris, that you were afraid that I would uh, pick accidentally with the, them talking about it. So they were in Cairo, Illinois. Yeah, but, like, the gateway's but there. The gateway's there. So now they're in St. Saint Paul. And she's, but she's also talking about like the Mississippi. Yeah, the Gateway Arch is like over in St. Louis. Yeah, this, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Paul. I don't the know. Gateway to the West. All I know is I'm drinking a beer. Did you? Did you already drink the yeah the Gateway Arch in St. Louis? I uh, saw it. I, I've Missouri. been there. Yeah. I've never been. That seems cool. I would like to see that one day. 
You know what movie I've seen, though? I've seen the movie uh, Mean Girls, and on Wednesdays, they wear pink. And uh, Pressure Hop Brewery, uh, Pressure Drop Brewery, a local brewery here in Buffalo, uh, South Buffalo, did a collab with Pink Boots co- uh, Collaboration Brew Day. And they produced a beer called On Brew Days We Wear Pink. It's a hazy IPA, 6% upscale body volume. John, did he have this on the show before? I feel like... I don't believe I have. For some reason, I saw it on the shelves. And I, I saw did On have... Brew Days We Wear Pink. And I'm like, is it... There was... There were several beers when when this kind of came out, and it was like women's appreciation uh, or bre- female brewer appreciation and stuff like that going on. Um, there were a lot of a lot of breweries doing these kind of beers, and I think I had one or two of them. This one for Pressure Drop is good. Uh, Pressure Drop is one of those breweries that I'm like, oh, I like Sticky Trees, but is it like would I ever order it? Like, because out. it out and it was, like, not the only, like, IPA on tap list? Probably not. Like, it's... Pressure Drop is the purgatory brewery of purgatory beers right now for me. Like, look in the local scene. Like, nothing they do is, like, horrible. Like, that puts me off. But nothing is, like, stellar either. Like, I haven't had enjoyed, like, really enjoyed anything. Like, like Resurgence does some bad beers. But they also do some okay beers, like Sitmo and stuff like that. Like, Pressure Drop and Resurgence are kind of, like, neck and neck to me. Um, they, they both, you know, both do quality, but sometimes, like, I'm just not wowed by it. Uh, this is a decent, hazy IPA. This isn't... Anything that's going to knock my socks off, it's a little bit melony. It's it's okay. It's you're also drinking it. It's it's fairly old too. More than likely, this is Pink Boots 2022. Doesn't have a big code that I cannot decipher. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that's April or May. Okay, so. It's it's on the I would say it's on the older side. It's a little long in the tooth. Yeah, it's not. But I don't feel like it's turned, you know, or anything like that. No, I, would I say don't it's think bad. Yeah, but it's I, probably not as big and melony and tropical as it could have been. But then again, with it being a pressure drop label on it, I don't know if I, if it ever was. So I'm not I'm not willing to give it the benefit of the doubt or take away the benefit of the doubt. I'm just what it is right now, if you see it on the shelves hey, if you want to pick up a can with a fun label that's, you know, Mean Girls inspired and like have a good laugh about it and have fun and look hey, there's Fetch. Hey, cool. Um, awesome. Like, it, it's it's decent. It's a, it's a fine beer. You're not going to hate drinking it. It's not a drain pour, but if you're not going to enjoy the label and the kitsch of it, then, and you want to buy a beer that you know you like, buy the beer you know you like. Did I go Chris, first again you... with the beer? This is two in a row. It's okay. You're allowed to go. Um, I'm ending off the night a little bit light. I'm actually drinking a cider, and I'm trying to find out what the ABV is on it. There it is. Oh, surprisingly uh, high. Uh, for Blake's <laughs> Hard Cider Company, 
This is their Tropicolada, and it is an orange, coconut, and pineapple heart cider at 6.9% ABV. And this is part of their Barkhart series, um, where you can just enjoy it as is, but then they give you a couple options Ooh. on the side of the can. So they recommend uh, mixing it up with uh, white rum and pouring it over ice. Uh, enjoy as is with a uh, garnish of maraschino cherries, or blend with rum, coconut, cream, and ice. Um, it's good just as is though. Like it definitely hits all those like fruity tropical notes, um, like the orange, the pineapple, and like a little bit like that coconut on the back end. Um, I talked about Blake's a couple episodes ago because I had some of their stuff at Epcot for one of the festivals, and after having a couple things there that I really enjoyed. I saw this at the beer store and grabbed the sampler pack that I was in and really enjoyed it. And this is a fine, uh, do I have any confetti? What? I'm just saying that John, when he's, he's twirled up his mustache and now he looks like Rip Taylor. Oh, <laughs> that makes, I, I can see that. <laughs> look, look at John. Hi. Think about Rip Taylor. Ah, that makes sense. Yep. Hey. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I didn't get it either, Chris, so thank you. Yeah, it, it did not make any but sense. I was just, uh, but it does. does it make sense it, now? Now it does. Like, look, look at that mustache. Think of confetti. Seems there it is. He it looks seems like to be great. Him. He got it. Uh, but yeah. That's a Blake, reference for all your old stuff. Blake's hard cider. I, I dig them. Well, John. and I were... Okay. Are you no, going to keep talking about Rip Taylor? No, this is a weird story. So Kate and I, we went out for a picnic dinner. At, uh, this isn't a dream, right? No, no, this is real. This is real. Uh, and we were sitting on the hammocks and we're eating, and then, like, of course, there's only so many hammocks there. And so this other group comes up, and I'm like, oh, Kate, you ready to go? And Kate's like, no, I'm enjoying it. Because she's just enjoying the weird shit these young kids are saying. And one of the things that we're now we're just laughing about is the one kid's like, oh, my buddy, he gets all tore up. He just drinks too much, you know. And I tell him, bro. You know, don't let alcohol control your life. You know, I just eat, drink one, two or three Mike's Hard Lemonades, and then I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> two or three hard, hard Mike's Hard Lemonades. Like, you're going to get diabetes before you get drunk. Like, what are you, what are you worried about? I, so when you were talking about hard, hard ciders, I'm like, bro, bro. It's been a while since I've had Mike's, life. but Mike's isn't bad. John, they're, they're fine. I, I'm are past you, the point of my life where I like look down on that kind of stuff. Like sometimes you just go past a gas station and it's like, hey, it's cold. Something I can drink. It's it's refreshing. When I get home, like yeah, like yeah, it's fine. Um, the other day, no, it was actually today um, when I was starting to run my errands. Just listening to my Spotify. Uh, Brass Monkey came on by Beastie Boys. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going past a gas station. I thought about stopping to buy some Steel Reserve and uh, orange juice. I didn't, but I'm still thinking about it. And then it reminded me, John, you sent that thing about doing the uh, the bush with like the watermelon. Mountain, oh, Mountain Dew. That's what it was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we didn't do that. Like that's still on the list. That should be a thing. Wait, what kind of bush is it with uh, Mountain Dew? Bush light. Uh, Wait, is there, light? No, nah. is there another type of bush besides the apple? Yeah, bush apple. There's bush, what, Saturdays? Which is no, like... I don't know. 
Is that like their ice beer? No. And then there's there's regular oh, bush. The, there's Natter Days. Natter Days. From, oh, but that's, that's, not, that's not bush. No, that's natural light. That's that's that natty. Natty daddies. Hey, yeah, Natter Days, so that's the lemonade. But I strawberry I lemonade enjoy, beer. I enjoy the Natter Days. The, uh, the, the pink lemonade. Yeah. I sent you guys a picture of me drinking the Rocket Pop one. That was delicious. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, Chris, is if it tastes good, drink it. Like, there's no yeah, reason like, for you to be, like, on a big high horse. I mean, we've done a pop culture comic book beer podcast for 12 years. I run a beer shop. Like, I'm, I drink whatever. I'll try whatever. I'm not going to hold my nose up to anything. I bought the bush. I bought the Mountain Dew. I've had three of them. Not not bad? It's not bad. It's not... it. it I never brought it back up to you guys about doing it. Because it's just a thing. It's like there's nothing like grand about it. If you were out and you wanted to spend the five bucks to buy like a 20 ounce bush and a, and a Mountain Dew and we do a 50, 50, I would do it with you guys, but I'm, I'm up for it. We just haven't not, talked about it since then, but yeah. The thing, like, and I was like, there's no, in my mind, there was no reason for you guys to spend the money to do it. Uh, that's just a Peacock subscription. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, but no, there's, there's nights that, you know, I'm coming home from work and I drive past like a Seven Eleven and then like a racetrack on my block. And, it's like, oh, I don't have any beer at home. It's like, I can just jump in there quick and get, like, a bag of Doritos. And, like, they have, like, the Tall Boys of Yingling or, like, High Ally. Like, I can just grab that. And, like, oh, I can get, like, a cider for Yanni because they have, like, the Angry Orchards. It's like, yeah, like, walk out of there, spend seven bucks. It's, it's fine yeah, to unlock. Put some money on the ponies on your, you know, over across yeah. the street at the racetrack. I just feel bad that those ponies are always on the corner, like... Begging for change, like it's, it's sad. Wait, wait, is racetrack like a name of a? Yeah, it's a gas, like station. gas station. Oh, yeah. I thought that, like there was a gas station no. near a racetrack. Oh, and I'm like, oh, what is it? Put money, OB- money on the ponies, like OBT. What are they called? OBTs, the- yeah. OTBs, OTBs, OTB, off yeah. track back. OTBs. It's nice as if you uh, are a contractor and work there, you get uh, prevailing wage. Hmm. Mm. I went to nice. a. My mother in law said this was the best pizza I've ever been, had. So we ordered pizza. I went there to pick it up, and it was a pizza this takeout bar scores off off <laughs> off bet track area like thing. Yeah. So like there's all these like guys sitting outside holding their tickets, smoking these cigarettes, and I walk in like. I'm here for the pizza. <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay. I thought you wanted to make a bet, and I was like, ah, I'm betting on this pizza ordered. being pretty good. <laughs> I'm taking a bet that I'm not going to get explosive diarrhea after eating this. So and then, high then risk. Pizza, but, and my mother-in-law's like, mm, this wasn't as good a pizza as I thought. You know, as I remember it, and I was like, when did you have this pizza? And are you sure this is the right place? Because this was the one of the weirdest. I've been in a lot of weird situations. I've had a lot of weird things happen to and around me. And this well, is, oh, there is one of those things that I'm like. Hmm. But you never know. Like sometimes, like weird places have good food. Like 
Uh, the bowling alley there in Hamburg, like, Bremiller's, like, they used to have, like, really good wings. Like, it was just, like, a yeah. small, like, walk-up counter, and, like, you might have to wait, like, 30 minutes for someone to, like, come by and be like, you, know, you want to order food? But it's good, like, but you never know. Maybe, maybe she yeah. had really Maybe good it was pizza. all the smoke that used to be around her, you know, just in that, <laughs> that secondhand smoke really enhanced the flavor of the pizza. And the I don't know. Smoky richness. That nicotine yeah. really, really hits different back in the back in the day. So, John, you, you had a book talking about hitting back in the day. Uh, I got a beer. Oh, you have another beer? I'm supposed to talk about my beer. <laughs> you talk about it. Uh, I'm having another Oktoberfest beer. Uh, the Oktoberfest beers are starting to roll in, so I grabbed some of my some new ones and some classic ones for me to try and be like, yeah, do it. Where where is my where are my tastes going? So I have the Hacker Shore Oktoberfest Marzen Original Fest beer. This is filtered and five point eight percent. This is another lovely, light bodied, easy drinking Oktoberfest. Flavors are there that you want in a Marzen. This is a nice one. I, I like Oktoberfests. Uh, there's a podcast from. Nine years ago, where we spent the entire month drinking Oktoberfest and being like, we don't like Oktoberfest, but times are changing. And uh, for the last couple of years, I've really enjoyed Oktoberfest. And uh, I'm glad Hacker Shore's around. I like it. It's a good one. I'm just hoping I can get the uh, the Florida Beer Company Dufftoberfest this year. They had it last year at Universal Studios in the Springfield USA section of the park, and I'm hoping it comes back again because it's just a solid Oktoberfest, and man, it flows like water down there. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of the local guys who are going to be putting out their Oktoberfest. I do enjoy those, um, but I probably will be in the next the next couple of weeks. I'll be probably enjoying a lot of. Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, uh, they've already announced at Sideward that they'll be doing their Sidetoberfest again, like they do every which year. Which was, that was the, that was a the, really good Oktoberfest. Yeah, the Sausage Fingers, which I really enjoyed. Like, I, I think I picked up a four-pack to break up for, like, you guys. Drank the two that I had. Drank the other ones that I had for you guys. Then okay. went and got another four-pack of it, just so I could still send them out to you. And then still drank it and then, like, made, like, kielbasa with it one day. Because I was like, oh, I got it here. I got, I got some crowd. Why not? Um, just a great time for beer and food. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Get that why sm- not? Get the smokers out. Become a barbecue boy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely better than becoming a vampire boy. Right, John? That's right. And my book for the list is DC versus Vampires All Out War, number one. Uh, this is written by Alex Parkadel and Matthew Rosenberg, art by Pasquale Qualiano. And this is some of the last human superheroes trying to find the one of the last Latherus. Lazarus pits uh, because they're they're looking to resurrect Batman because maybe Batman's the only guy who can 
turn this war around. Uh, and <clears throat> Deathstroke, is it Human Bomb? Uh, human yeah. Bomb, damage, Blue Devil. Damage, damage not Blue, Human Bomb. Damage. Yeah. Uh, and Blue Devil. I, I'm sorry. And, I'm sorry. I thought it was Human Bomb because he makes mention to himself being a Human Bomb, yes. I think, twice. Yep. Three times, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But this name, but this guy's damage. This is different. Um, but they think they've they found the pit. They're going to be able to do this. But ding dong, hello, Azrael and a bunch of other vamps waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guess what? Azrael hits the Lazarus pit and whoop, turned human again. Uh, so then we have a, a great death uh, deathstroke. Azrael fight their way out. Get back to. Wait, did we get to see that? No, they. Oh, it okay. just happens. I, I thought I missed a page or something for a second. Sorry. Uh, well, they say how they fought their yeah, way yeah. their way out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then the council, which has got other different superheroes, one of them being John Constantine. One's led from the metalmen. It looks. It looks <laughs> like um, on the one side I'm trying to find the table, but like Director Bones from like the DEOs there. Yep. Um, I can't. Oh, I missed Director Bones. Midnighter. Uh, I don't. Who's the woman yeah. supposed to be? I don't. Miss Fleming. They I don't say, know who she is. Yeah, they say her name. I don't know who she is supposed to be either. Um, but they uh, they have an underground. They have an underground um, bunker. It's like a safe house. Where they call s- it the the breadbasket because that's where uh, they do all like humanities farming right now uh and um the world is uh their world is um busted into by uh human bomb who is it paul damage 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 can't think of his name for the life of me and i've had a i've had four beers pretty pretty fast uh yeah well that's what you get for double fisting at the start Right? I did. I double-fisted in the beginning. Um, I, I thought this book was fun in that world. I haven't been reading DC versus Vampires. Just all the side stuff. The trade just, I believe, just came out. Um, the first volume of it. I am looking forward to picking that up. Uh, when I was going through looking for a book to pick up, I almost selected DC versus Vampires number 8 based off of this and then the previous one that we read last month because I've really enjoyed these side stories and this is something that I'd be very much into reading more of. I almost picked it for my pick for uh, trade and policy last month but again the trade wasn't out and to buy like the first six, seven issues of it they were still all full price online it's like that's a big investment and at that point it was something I'm sure that I would have enjoyed but it's a big ask to say, like, hey, guys, spend, like, no, almost yeah. 30 bucks to read this one. Everything else we do for trade policy, like, kind of tops out maybe at, like, 20, depending if it's something that's, like, a hardcover or, like, how old the book is. Um, but I really enjoy this. It kind of threw me off at first because the artwork for it is all... Did you get the fly? Sorry, guys. I got the fly. Oh, this fly's been flying around this whole episode, driving me crazy! Got him. The, the artwork is all grayscale with 
like a bold red color to it. And first couple pages kind of threw me off. But then once I eased into it, I was there for it. Like, I really dug the choice. And also, I was just excited because Azrael was in this book. I also went to the comic book store and picked up the beginning of, like, the sort of Azrael book. So, and that delivered. It's just, just a great day for me to be reading comics, besides Gambit number one. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed this. I, I like this book a lot. I, I enjoyed the kind of, like black, black, white, and shades of red, um, especially with, like, Azrael, you know, being almost all red. I love that he, like, had his mask, but... Yeah, just torn off at the bottom. The bottom, tore off at the bottom. Um, I kind of like that it seems like it's going to be, like, that weird buddy book between, like, Deathstroke and Azrael, like, it's going to be them, mm-hmm. them against the vamps. Um, and then just, like, the when Azrael's like Manbat has released him uh, into into that kind of their their cove or whatever, and it's like, uh, oh, this is uh, Mary Marvel, Bane, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Adam is like floating in the sky, giving us light so we can like grow our vegetables. Like it, it just seems like a kind of an interesting world that they've kind of created and it's it's bizarre that I've enjoyed all these books and I did pick up the the DC with Harley Quinn one it was okay the it wasn't great or no that's the killers we read we yeah, read it, killers i don't remember what the other one no, was no we read the hunters uh, was it oh yeah okay. we read the sorry. hunters yeah. yeah okay um sorry yeah, those, they, ti- the, those titles are just too similar mm-hmm. the killers just hit didn't it didn't have the fun it didn't have the fun of these books especially with being Harley Quinn and I don't know if it's just because I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan but it, it the, the the whole book just was kind of a mess um but this one I didn't I didn't think it was a mess I I really enjoyed it um so you know it just do you think we missed out on not reading Deceased for how much, like, I, I don't want to speak for you, but for how much, like, we're enjoying this? Because I know, Paul, this probably isn't your cup of tea, necessarily. Yeah. It was, you know, the grayscale kind of annoyed me more than I think both of you guys, and then, like, just the pops of red. It made it hard for me to follow the action. It made me hard. It made it hard, especially when it's Aztec and then Blue Beetle are attacking each other. I like, I'm like, wait, which one's Aztec? Which one's Blue Be- You know, are not Blue Beetle, but Blue De- uh, Blue Devil. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, they both have horns coming off of them, <laughs> and there's no color there. So I'm like, oh, okay, no, Aztec has the horn coming off the top of his head, and then Blue Devil only has the two horns coming off the sides. Okay, okay, so you know, like it was little things like that. Then I don't know who was the other vampire that comes down with the big axe. Um, and then later on when they, they're attacking, um, the human breadbasket, you know, whatever it's called. Like, I was like, I don't know which characters are involved in this right now. Like who's trying to stop, you know, damage. Who's now wearing the vigilantes, uh, vigilantes mask. Um, I still don't understand like, okay, but he's a vampire and it's sunlight. Like, why isn't damage dying? 
Is it just you just just need to cover your eyes? If he's, you're a vampire. He's got like um, he's wearing the suit, and then he starts taking it off as he's making the approach, and that's when he blows up. Okay. Yeah, you can see um, his skin starts to boil. His his skin starts to like bubble and boil, and there's flames coming off of him, and that's when he explodes. But I wasn't sure if he was just blowing, you know, like he was doing his power to explode because like. His his clothes is just, or his clothes are just kind of like rags wrapped around him. Like, there's nothing. There's a lot of skin exposed. I'm saying. Um, but if I don't know, maybe because it's not the real sun. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And also, if Captain Adam can do that. Why doesn't he just do that? Well, maybe he's not powerful to do that for a cute bigger area. He can only do it for the cave. So that kind of makes sense. Um, but alright, you know, it's, it's a book and it was fine. Like there's, I didn't hate it. It was just like, okay, this isn't my cup of tea. Um, it's telling a story that I'm not all that interested in, uh, for whatever reason. Like I like the other, the Marvel one that we were reading, uh, where they lose power. Oh, the dark ages. Goes out. Dark ages. A little bit more, um, for whatever reason. And this vampire one, I'm like. All right, I liked Huntress better, just because I liked Grayson, you know, Dick Grayson versus uh, the guy that sh- the kids that should be dead, dead uh, Damien more than this. Like this had characters that I wasn't like. All right, cool damage, living bomb, human bomb, whatever. The stroke. All right, cool, cool. Blue Devil. Is that Blue Devil? Nope, nope, no, that that's Blue Devil. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, and Miss Fleming, and then who's the counselor? Like, characters got thrown at me, but did it? You know, there was nothing. I did, couldn't latch onto any of them. Did you read this after Gambit, though? Yes, I read. I think that Ant Man, Gambit, and this. See, Gambit would put anything off. <sighs> Because I, like, I took a minute and walked away from Mm Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Because I, because I read, I read this book, and then two days later, I read Gambit, and then I started to read Ant-Man, and I was like, I'm going to take a breather, because I feel like I could, I should be enjoying this, and then I re- I restarted it today and had a ball with it. Like that Gambit book just really soured you on comics. It just, there was nothing super redeemable about it. And then I was also like, I wasted my, I wasted my time reading this and now I got to read this book. Like it. So the guys power rankings, do you need a minute? Because I can go over mine. No, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead, Paul. Ant Man. All uh, DC versus Vampires All Out War, and then Gambit. Everybody agree? I mean, that's exactly what I had already written down. But I can't speak for John. John, does yours match up similarly? I Gambit's definitely the last. <laughs> I I liked. I like DC versus I like DC versus Vampires All Out War and Ant Man 
they're like neck and neck. It was a, it was a uh, hard choice for me. Because, oh, but since it's neck and neck, it, you're going to give it to uh, the vampires. Um, uh, I I was going back and forth between both of them. The fact that I still have yet to pick up the actual series for DC versus Vampires made me say, like, well, I'll be reading Ant-Man number two, and it's probably going to take me a minute to get to all of DC Vampires. That's why I'm dropping that one down below. Because I, I really enjoyed I, both these books a lot, and it was a hard choice for me to make between which one I like the most. If I... The only reason I pick DC versus Vampires is because if I got both of them on the same day, I probably would read DC versus Vampires okay. first. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It's a quicker read, especially... Yeah, I we didn't even talk about the, the backup in it, which... Paul, originally when you had picked your panel to read, because mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes stuff, I had Paul pick a book one through three, and he picked DC versus Vampires blindly. And then when I was listing, okay, well, pick a page number, the panel he picked from the Batgirl taking out the GCPD was actually a silent panel. I was like, well, that's not going to be fun. Um, Sometimes that is fun, where you just sit in silence for a little bit. Yes, and then you just audio podcast, audio reading. podcast. Yeah, um, I I really dug the I forget what it was called because it's on the cover for the book. Um, it says also featuring Batgirl Hunts by Guillaume Singlin. Um, I and, I uh, dug this a lot. Yeah, it was cool. It was a fun one. I, it was a backup. It was a backup story that I actually oh. Like you said, Chris, like a lot of it is non-reading, but it was like, oh yeah, like I'll read this backup story. Let's see what Batgirl's doing in this vampire world. So yeah, oh, it's very like manga inspired. Just all the action in it is very silent. Like the line work for it, I I dug it. Like I would probably read a Batgirl one shot like this. I don't know if I could hold out for a whole like miniseries or. But- or just have her like she's killing she's killing vampires, so she's probably already shown up in DC versus vampires. Who know who knows what that's who knows what that book is about, guys? I, right? It's weird that we're reading all the side stuff. But guys, maybe there's a book that we missed and people that have read more books in July should let us know over at the email at bigboardcast at gmail.com. Or on any of the social media posts for this episode. It's 490, guys. That's crazy. 